0: Welcome to the Savage Sonia Show. This podcast is a platform for all of you wonderful listeners to engage in those serious and sometimes stigmatised conversations. Please support the podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify and all major podcasting platforms. guest on The Savage Sonia Show is Madhuri Ma Sapati, who is a soul coach based out of Hyderabad, India. She loves to help people reconnect with their souls and strengthen that bond within. She speaks about spirituality, self-love and self-healing. She has faced many obstacles in her own life, which has led her to this present moment. It is here where she realized that her true potential lay hidden in helping people find themselves again. Thank you for being here on today's podcast. Thanks for having me here. Would you like to um, introduce yourself, who you well, are, and what you do?
1: For sure, for sure. So um, I'm Madhura Sapati, also mm-hmm. a soul coach based out of Hyderabad, India, and. Um, I am a fellow podcaster, so I have a podcast called The Soul's Conquest, which talks about, um, you know, which is centered around self-love, self-care, self-healing and uh, the many aspects of the soul. And I think as a person, I love to help others reconnect with themselves because 2020 was a year where I feel like, you know, a lot of us felt disconnected, like we were lost in the chaos. And, um, yeah, I think... um, In 2020, I found myself helping people a lot and I thought, why not, you know, turn this into something where I can help multiple people, not just the ones I know.
0: So, here I am. (laughs) Yeah, that's about it. So, so let's start with um, something quite simple. Sure. What is is spirituality?
1: Um, So, you know, like, I will try to answer this question from my perspective. It is different Mm -hmm. for everyone else. Yeah, that's perfectly um, fine. Yeah. So I think for me, spirituality, like, you know, there are a lot of realms of spirituality. There are a lot of levels. And um, it depends on which level you are most comfortable at. Like, you know, where you feel satisfied enough. And for me, spirituality Mm -hmm. on a level for me is somewhere where I can look within, I can feel connected to myself. And um, I can find peace within all the chaos around us. So, for me, spirituality is that. For me, spirituality is being able to connect with my soul and being able to feel like a part of the universe, feel grateful for all the things mm-hmm. that I have and, yeah, just be happy, you know, in whatever it is given to me. So, yeah, for me, spirituality is
0: that. So, so what is the sort of relationship mm-hmm. between spirituality and and the soul?
1: Um. So... For me, you know, like, again, spirituality is something that helps us understand that, you know, there is something much more beyond us. Like, you know, as humans, Mm -hmm. I think there's a lot of me, me, me going on a lot of our lives. You know, throughout our lives, we are told to be like, focus on yourself, focus on yourself, which is not bad. But, you know, after a point of time, it becomes too self-centered where we start to, um, you know, wonder about what else is there to life. And yeah. when we start to wonder about it, it's like, you know, we are in our 60s. We are about to die and things <laughs> are about to, you know, like hit the fan and stuff like that. And you suddenly realize that all this time, I could have wondered about all these questions. All this time, I could have found that peace that I'm finding towards the end of my life. And for me, I think spirituality is something that, you know, via my soul, I can help feel connected to the universe. I can feel Like, there's something much more about me. There's something much more beyond me. And for me, spirituality is, like, the balance between the soul and the universe. So, it's the balance between being me, but also being a part of the universe.
0: And um, have you heard of a concept called Kalyug?
1: Kalyug, yeah, sure. So, (laughs) I'm an Indian and... um, (laughs) So, yeah, like, you know, you do speak about Kalyug uh, when you talk about... um, the avatars of the Vishnu, like you know, the okay. ten avatars of Vishnu, and in that kalyug is basically the age where um, the modern world basically, when things really mess up a lot, and um, Vishnu takes an avatar, or will take an avatar to help deal with that, and a lot of people think that kalyug is the current situation. That's all I think. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, no, like even I think that like Kalyug is the present situation where um, you know, you um things might either get worse than this or it might not get worse than this. And um, my only way to deal with that is to um, you know, do whatever I can to help the five people around me. I think that uh-huh. that helps me stay stable enough in this um, place of chaos. How about you? What do you think about Kalyug?
0: I definitely think that we're heading towards Kalyug Mm -hmm. um, out of all of the yugas. Right, right. Um, I think that our connection between people has just gone out of the window. Right. And I think, in terms of uh, relationship, family, there's so many different um, prophecies Mm -hmm. spoken about in Kalyug. Right. Uh, I think one one of them being uh, the fact that women no longer need men yeah in, in their lives because right. women become women are more financially independent right and this is obviously affecting sort of the gender roles between mm-hmm. men and women yeah um i i also believe that i don't know if you've heard of Sadhguru.
1: yes i do i do like um yeah we listen to him like i i, I like i like to listen to a lot of um you know, the people that are out there spreading the message of hope and love. So yeah, I do like yeah. them. Yeah, please go
0: ahead. <laughs> He's good. And he talks about um, how the real problem with people mm-hmm. today is that we connect, we kind of attach ourselves to a lot of materialistic things. Right. And And we compare ourselves so much to people online.
1: Yeah.
0: And that's why we're suffering a lot more and and that's why many of us are depressed and, yeah. you know, going through a lot of like, and, you know, this is the best time in history. Yeah. We've got, we've got everything at the tip of our fingers mm-hmm. and yet so many people are depressed. Right. It's, it's sort of like, how do we, you know, how do we improve the situation? how mm-hmm. How can spirituality help with that?
1: Right. So, um, you know, I would like to talk with the two points that you said, the first one being, um, you know, about the Kalyug and how women are basically becoming more independent. Mm -hmm. And, you know, I have this thing that, you know, I think because of the way that we have been taught that Kalyug is a very negative prospect, but to think Mm -hmm. that women becoming independent or women becoming, um, you know, financially stable, Means that it is a sign that we are heading towards kalyug is something that I find very um weird, you know. Yeah. Not because. Don't I mean,
0: worry, I, I'm a feminist too, yeah, so yeah, I I understand like yeah. um, but I think it's it's to do with like ego, right? right. sexes. Yeah. Because
1: know? yeah, because you know I feel that you know women are capable of a lot of things like you know that's depicted in our goddesses, like if you go to ancient culture um there you know goddesses are depicted doing right about every single thing from Mm -hmm. Lakshmi being the goddess of wealth you know so we are financially stable we are fertile we are the yeah you know we can manage the household and stuff like that so I find that one prophecy very weird (laughs) to be completely honest yeah and um the second one that I wanted to speak about um I forgot I think we were speaking about Sadhguru right so yeah there was something
0: that we spoke about but I completely forgot so <laughs> don't worry yeah. um I think it was about the connection between like other human beings that yeah sort of like missing right now and and how how can spirituality help yeah yes yeah, sure,
1: I feel like you know in 2020 at least like a lot of us kind of forego physical connections and went into like you know connections via internet like we connected over internet and I feel like yeah. it's a like, Amazing connection so far so i feel like um you know we evolve in our yeah. life and um spirituality plays like a really huge um role in that evolution of us moving from one phase of our life to another like you know a lot of us were distracted we were kind of like you know put into a place where we couldn't understand what was happening because all our plans were messed up because of covid yeah but I yeah. think a lot of us you know we survived, we survived, and we survived with enough saneness. I believe like i I like to tell everyone that you know you survived you're sane enough that you know you went through all this process and you're still sane, that's like a huge accomplishment, and you need to pat yourself on the back from time to time because of how amazing an achievement it is, so yeah, I think like you know we evolve, and spirituality helps us evolve during that phase. And, um, you know, I was recently speaking uh, with one of my friends and I was telling them that, you know, like even in my podcast, I did speak about this and it was spirituality. It doesn't leave us like, you know, it always exists. And all we have to do is we just need to tap back into that source. So, like, you know, how um, from time to time we feel disconnected. We feel like, you know, when we are growing up, we are learning about spirituality. We agree with the concept of spirituality. But then we grow up, and then suddenly we are like, "Boom, science, boom this yeah. you no know, there's no proof about this, there's no this about this, yeah, and then suddenly yeah. you go into um this phase of hating spirituality and the concept yeah. itself in and of itself, and then you know um suddenly something happens which leads you to you know which pushes you to go back towards spirituality, and the thing is spirituality doesn't hate it does not feel like yeah. oh my God. How could you, you know, abandon me all this time and then, you know, you're suddenly coming back to me only when you need me. But it doesn't say anything like that. It's like, I'm here for you anytime you need me. No hesitation, no resentment. So, yeah, I feel like spirituality is such an amazing thing to lean back on, you know, like it's a support system. You know, you can lean on the universe in and
0: of itself. Yeah, I, th- I think it's, it's sort of like grounding yourself, isn't mm-hmm. it, amongst the chaos. Yeah. Um, Could you could you provide maybe a few examples of how people can kind of tap into that spirituality? For sure. So I have a lot of methods,
1: I, like I have a lot of practices that I do um in my daily life. And well, you know, some of those being like when I wake up, I try not to look at my phone the first thing when I wake up. And it's very hard because I love... The um, you know, when the
0: notifications go ping, ping, ping,
1: uh, oh, yeah, I feel validated in life that like
0: people are reaching out to me. I, I think I think all of us feel validated. I mean, imagine yeah. celebrities—they get so many notifications. Yeah, exactly.
1: And it's it's still a work in progress, but like you know, slowly. I I don't rush into things. I try not to rush into things. I feel like every small step matters. So I'm like, okay, so when you wake up, stay in the bed for two minutes, just feeling grateful like just hitting pause like don't close don't open your eyes just be relaxed and then when you wake up you can look into your notifications and um, I have a meditation ritual which helps me ground myself mm-hmm. um, in the morning like I have a meditation and healing ritual and I um, I also like to read a lot because I feel like reading helps us open up our minds and you know just explore the worlds of
0: people from all ar- all around the world. Do you have um, a favorite uh, spiritual book or yeah. a few of those books?
1: For sure. So, I... One second, yeah. I listen, I read a lot of Osho. Um, I don't know if you've heard of him or not, but um, he's a spiritual guru based in India. Mm-hmm. Okay. Um, and I read a lot of Osho because, you know, somewhere... Like, you know, since we were kids, we used to... Um, read a lot about Osho because my dad was a fan and he used to read about him and we have like all these book collections and stuff like that Mm -hmm. and i feel connected in a way that you know the things that he said it makes sense and you know when things make sense you don't try to run away from it that's like you know you you stop being afraid and you just accept it yeah Yeah. exactly and um I feel like I can do that when I read Osho. So currently I'm reading a book called Come, Follow to You, where... um That sounds very interesting. Yeah, it is very interesting. Like, to be honest, I have read only a couple of chapters because I don't have the time, but I'm trying to kind of like read at least six pages every day so that I can be like, yeah, <laughs> I, <laughs> I am like opening myself up. But like, it's really difficult, especially, you know, when you have like, so much work to do in your normal life but yeah. I, I'm trying to take out time to you know manage my rituals manage like do my meditation practice do my healing practice um listen to um, podcasts listen to books audiobooks like you know if I'm working and I don't
0: have time to read I listen to stuff so yeah how, how do you sort of um incorporate your spirituality into your schedule Do you make time for it or? Yeah, so I think like
1: it's both, you know, like um, there was this one thing that I liked, um, you know, when I was uh, reading up about Osho, there was this one video where he speaks about meditation and he says it in a way which made a lot of sense. And it was meditation is a lot about, you know, it's not like something that you need to take time out for. It's something that you you can do 24-7. Like, you know, it's it's a state of being. It's uh-huh. like mindfulness, yeah. And um, it's like basically, it's like this center of calm and quiet amidst all the chaos around us. And I'm trying to, um, you know, incorporate that into my daily life. So, like, when I meditate in the morning, I try to maintain that calm, maintain that um, peacefulness within myself.
0: Mm-hmm. And, um
1: yeah, just exist in this world, but also, like, you know, be calm, like, because it's so important, like, you know, we get agitated over the smallest of things. Yeah. Yeah. And I try not to do that because I'm a very sensitive person and I tend to get agitated a lot, especially uh-huh. during, during COVID and stuff like that, because there were so many things going on and you were just like, oh, I don't know what to do. And, um,. Yeah, I think that, you know, all those practices did help me a lot. I try to be grateful whenever I can. And, um, you know, like, grateful. Um, I don't know, like, have you heard of Mary Kondo?
0: Nope, you're going to have to explain that. Yeah. <laughs>
1: uh, I think uh, she, uh, she spoke about, um, you know, the um, sparking of joy and stuff like that. Does this spark joy? Does this not spark joy? Uh, she's like a cleaning expert basically like she helps you organize your life organize your stuff and things like that
0: oh the magic way of tidying up or something she wrote on that right okay yeah, yeah, yeah yeah
1: and it's really amazing because you know i was watching one of her videos and she does this thing where whenever she goes into a house to kind of organize stuff she sits down and she does this not only in others house but also in her house where she basically expresses gratitude for the house to give shelter for that one night, yeah. like you know, when you wake up in the morning, you're like, I'm so grateful for this house to give me the shelter over the night from the wind, from you know, all the stuff that's surrounding yeah. us—rain, sunlight, all that, all that stuff. And I found that such, I found it to be such an amazing thing that I've tried to incorporate that into my routine as well. So when I'm mm-hmm. being grateful to the universe, when I'm being grateful to my family for supporting me through all my endeavors. Um, yeah, I'd be grateful to my house. I'll be like, Thank you so much for being there for me, for sheltering me, for providing me with the comfort,
0: mm-hmm.
1: for providing me with warmth during winters and with you know, like that cozy, wintry vibe during the summer. So, yeah,
0: that's yeah,
1: that I try to do a lot.
0: Do you feel that? Um, how do you feel? Mm-hmm. Uh, with has meditation actually? helped like in what way has it made you calmer has it made you more alert yeah has it raised your consciousness maybe yeah that's that's an excellent question
1: and um, you know like I have like around six to seven different meditation um, routines that I do but the one that I tend to do a lot is basically when I wake up in the morning and um I kind of, like, quiet down and, like, I listen to um, music because, like, this as I told you, you know, there's a lot of construction happening around my place, so it's mm-hmm. not like I can find a moment of calm and quiet <laughs> to practice yeah. meditation, so I listen to, um, you know, there are these wonderful musical um, things that are there on YouTube, like, you know, instrumental stuff, mm-hmm. and it helps you put in that zone where you are connected to yourself,
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So, I put on earphones, I listen to that music and I calm down. And, you know, when I calm down, I first express gratitude to universe, to the universe for allowing Mm. me to be, you know, for allowing my soul to be a part of it. And then Mm. I express gratitude to my soul for exchanging or like, you know, I like to say this, like, you know, our soul is, um, it, it does not trade in materialistic things it trades in experiences so it trades time of the universe to experience life with us and that's really good yeah <laughs> and you know when I when I got this realization I was just so mind blown because I was like oh my god like that makes so much sense because you know I was meditating and it came to me while I was meditating so um, you know express gratitude to my soul to,
0: mm-hmm.
1: to, you know, um, I express gratitude because I'm thankful that it traded time with the universe to experience life with me. And I promise to um, be able to experience as many things as I can so that it has stories with it when it goes back to the universe. And um,
0: It's sort of that reincarnation idea, isn't it? Kind of, yeah. Right. yeah, so yeah. When, you pass, when you pass away, yeah. that obviously comes along with you. Yeah. Well, your body doesn't come with you, but your soul keeps going on.
1: And that's kind of spoken in Bhagavad Gita as well, I think. So, like, if you follow Bhagavad Gita, it's like, you know, your soul passes from one body to another body. Mm
0: -hmm.
1: And I, I, you know, like, I have experienced death firsthand. And um, I like to believe that there's something more beyond this. There's something more after this. Like, you know, it just doesn't end here. And like humans, we tend to have beliefs and um, spirituality does that for me. So, during my meditation, I like to be thankful for all these things. And yeah, I just, um, I go through my daily routine. Like, you know, I kind of try to manifest my day. I'm like, okay, so I have, after I finish my meditation practice, I can um, cook breakfast, eat breakfast with my family, drink chai or drink um, coffee. Yeah, go through my, you know, like daily course, work, Mm -hmm. create podcast scripts, create podcast episodes and things like that. And then, you know, like I try to imagine my daily life, like, you know, what my day will be about. Visualization. Yeah, visualization. And it does not like, you know, it not only helps with um, manifesting it, but it also helps create a plan in my mind and that helps me efficiently work through my day.
0: Yeah. Here's a, I guess, um, a bit of a contentious question. Mm-hmm. Um, do you, can, can a non-religious person mm-hmm. be spiritual?
1: Yeah, like, you know, I, I feel like spirituality and religion are um, intertwined, but they are not intertwined to the point that you can't exist without the other. Um, so, a religious person cannot be spiritual and a, relig- and a spiritual person cannot be religious. Like, you can have both of those things happening. And, you know, you can have the mixture between them as well. So, like, it's not necessary for a religious person to be spiritual. Rel- mm-hmm. is, religion is kind of something that is a part of spirituality, but it's not all of spirituality. And it's the same way with um, um, spirituality. Like, it's a part of the religion, but it's not the entirety of religion like there
0: yeah. are could you, of it. yeah could you sort of maybe uh kind of differentiate between religion and what's so different different between religion and spirituality uh-huh so
1: that's a amazing question and um you know to be honest i i'm not the right person to answer this question because you know uh, there are so many aspects of both of these things that I'm not aware of I'll be completely yeah. honest with you yeah um, because for me spirituality as I said I'm at the lowest level and I'm happy I'm satisfied at the lowest level of being happy within myself yeah and um religion like you know spirituality it talks a lot about the soul and the universe yeah. Yeah. Um, it does not necessarily speak a lot about um there being a higher power as in there are being like there being gods and there are being yeah um things like that. It just talks about one whole being and us being a part of that, you know, a small part of that whole being. Whereas religion talks a lot about gods. It talks a lot about like you know if you take into the if you look into the Indian culture you have like so many gods for every single thing. Um, mm-hmm. kind of like paganism. I would like to believe. And when you look into Christianity, there's one God and then Jesus and the Spirit and the stuff like that. And, you know, um, as I said, they are both interlinked, but they're not interlinked to the point where neither can exist without the other. Hmm. Yeah, that's the differentiating factor for me, but Uh, I could be wrong.
0: (laughs) No, no, it's fine. Um, What you've said is is quite intriguing because when it comes to... Uh, religion and and spirituality. Yeah, I I've noticed that you know people do do things um, in the name of religion. Yeah, um, and I feel like this is where the ego comes into play. Right. It, it's sort of like some people are. I think there was a quote in the Bhagavad Gita that mm-hmm. said, "Detachment isn't that nothing owns you, but that mm-hmm. you own nothing." yeah so you know you don't own the water bottle on the table yeah you don't own the laptop and it's even with ideology is like religion mm-hmm. it's not something that you you own because you choose to be part of a religion right I mean, that's what i believe yeah um i mean i i've come from a very liberal hindu family right uh i've not been indoctrinated in any way shape or form to follow anything right um so for me it's i think religion can i don't think the religion itself is can the religion itself is toxic right but people do take in things yeah and it's sort of like well where do you draw the line right when it comes to kind of being spiritual and being religious but is spirituality a lot different in in, yeah. in sort of eastern culture than it is in western culture
1: um you know first of all i would like to um thank you for that interesting notion that you put ahead um about um, religion and like yeah i do agree with the fact that you know it's our perceptions like you have all these um you know you have all the scriptures you have all this knowledge but it depends At the end of the day, it is the human mentality or the human Mm -hmm. perception that, you know, um, it it either forces you or it guides you. It's like, you know, it's like there's a middle ground there, like there's a balancing point there, like it will either force you or guide you. And at the end of the day, it is your choice how you want it to happen. You know, do you want it to force you to do something or do you want it to guide you towards something better? and
0: um yeah i actually forgot your question (laughs) (laughs) it's fine no worries um i really like what you said about forcing and guiding yeah like your intuition can either like scare you or it can guide you to something better yeah Yeah. um so the question is uh you're obviously from india Um, right is is spirituality a lot more intense in india because here in the west it's sort of like um the the the, the spiritual aspect i I don't know if you've heard of jay shetty yeah i have i have i have yeah so you know he kind of grew up around my area and um, he's sort of the person who's kind of introduced one of the many people who've sort of Mm -hmm. like introduced uh, meditation and all of these kind of eastern philosophies into kind of western life Mm -hmm. so is it a bit more intense in India? Is, is like, how is, yeah. what is, what is it like, you know, spiritually speaking?
1: Right. So, uh, you know, like, India is slowly becoming, like, a very um, open-minded nation. Mm-hmm. It's not that it wasn't an open-minded nation earlier. It's just that we are able to realize all these things around us. And, uh, you know... I think earlier on, like, you know, if you would go back to the days of the kings and stuff like that, mm-hmm. um, spirituality was much more prominent. It was like everywhere. Like, you know, it was a part of the daily life. And um,
0: yeah.
1: I think now there are like um, focus points or like places where you go and then you're like, okay, yeah, now I'm feeling spiritual enough. Like, you know, if you go into Varanasi, that's a mm-hmm. very um, famous spiritual spot. And there are places where you can go to be spiritual, but it's not very prominent. It's something that, you know, we, um, it depends on us. Like we have all these um, gurus, we have all these teachers who practice spirituality, who teach us about spirituality. But then as I said, you know, at the end of the day, it depends on the person who would like to go into spirituality. It's not as much prominent as it was earlier, I would like to say.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I mean, the way I I sort of think about Hinduism, uh-huh. uh, I, you know, as part of kind of like the Dharmic faiths. Right. We've got Hinduism, we've got Sikhism, and then we've got Buddhism. Right. Um, but Buddhism, uh, they don't believe in God per right. se. They sort of believe that you know they've got four noble truths. You're right. Uh, the first one being life is suffering. Mm-hmm. Um, and with Hinduism, there's so many different books to. Right guide people but i've i've kind of noticed that when it comes to uh spirituality a lot of Mm -hmm. um in the west like people hype it up and make it a bit like you know this i don't know like this utopia utopia or or euphoric feeling right um when i just see it as something i just see it as a state of being right right like a like an inner peace yeah peace yeah in your mind yeah
1: that's i think that about rounds up what spirituality is like you know like yeah. i feel like as long as you are um, peaceful and calm within yourself you can do anything that you put your mind to and that is also like you know that's the lower level and once you cross that there are higher levels to spirituality there's a lot of things about spirituality and you know, it again depends on how much further do you want to, want to go into the realm of spirituality. And for me, I feel satisfied here. But yeah. other people would love to jump into, you know, things that go beyond this. So,
0: like transcending. Um, yeah. yeah. There's a lot of yeah. books about transcending onto other planets. Right, right. All that stuff. Um, it it exists, and I'm not
1: going to be like, yeah, it doesn't because. Um, I haven't experienced that but that's because I don't want to experience it like I'm happy where I am but like a yeah. other people do experience things like that but I don't think anyone can do that until and unless they have found inner peace like they have yeah. found a calmness within themselves that allows them to go above and beyond
0: themselves. How, how do you think um, how can one Mm-hmm. find find this or kind of cultivate this peaceness especially yeah. those who've gone through you know a lot of hardships and obstacles yeah. and maybe even trauma mm-hmm. Uh, so you know I feel
1: like as as a coach I have seen a lot of people who who struggle with finding inner peace like I have struggled with finding inner peace and I feel like, you know, I share a lot of my experiences and that helps with a lot of people. So the number one thing that you need to do to find inner peace is to ask yourself questions and ask mm. yourself really good questions like, you know, questions like uh, what what is, what is getting you, you know, what is the reason behind you feeling this way or, um, you know, what is aggravating you, what is triggering you. And um, you know, you can't just jump right into the main questions, you can't just um, go to the boss level, you have to go through yeah. the, um, tiny monsters and things like that before Yeah, you go steps. Steps. yeah, yeah steps. right. And you know, you need to go through those tiny steps because it helps you to kind of break down those walls that you have built up for yourself. I feel, yeah, because we have a lot of falls to protect ourselves from others, but. It also kind of prevents us from looking within. And uh, I feel like, you know, when you ask those small questions, when you ask those tiny little things to yourself, when you speak with yourself, when you communicate with yourself, it helps you to, um, you know, slowly break down the walls that you've created for yourself and reach the root cause, the root trauma and try to understand it. And, you know, a lot of people like even me, I tried to fight it. Yeah. I tried to hate it. I tried to um, look at it from a very negative aspect, like, oh, why was I? You know, why me? Why? Why is this? i the same as well. Yeah. <laughs> why did I go through all this um, trauma? Like, what did I do to deserve it? What did mm. my loved one deserve to, you know, go through that hardship? And it suddenly, you know, again, it becomes sort of me, me, me. It. Yeah. It stops being. Like, you know, a part of the life, it stops being a part of the journey and it starts becoming a very intrusive thing where we are just like, why me, why me, why me? And you can't go above and beyond that. You know, you are stuck on that one page, like a glitch. You're like, why me, why me, why me? And uh, if you learn to communicate, if you learn to speak with yourself, if you learn to treat it as a part of, yourself but also like you know I try to dissociate myself and my trauma Mm
0: -hmm.
1: and I try to imagine it as my inner child and I try to yeah okay you know I try to deal with it as I would with a child like yeah why why do you feel this way what can we do to help you get better like you know would you like to have a spa day would you like to feel happy (laughs) what would you like to do to feel better what would you like to do to heal and um, yeah, that's, that's really important because when you treat it as a child, when you treat it with patience, when you treat it with positiveness, when you treat it with peace, it becomes yep. um, much more easier to deal with all the hardships that you're facing in life because then it just becomes a part of the life you know, it just becomes a part of the journey. It's not suddenly it stops becoming why me, why me and it starts becoming okay, what can I do to help others? who are going through stuff like this or how can i help heal myself how can you know what can i read about these things like there are so many others who might have faced these things and you know what can i do to get better and suddenly you get realization like it's like snap okay so i'm not alone so many others have faced things like this and you know so many others will probably face this in the future so what can i do to help and yeah yeah that makes sense and that's one thing that I speak about in my coaching. Like, you know, we we go through all these steps. We go through the baby steps. We don't jump to the final boss. We go through all these baby steps. We talk about what's causing a particular issue to crop up. We talk about mindset. We talk about meditation. We talk about yeah. all these things. And yeah, how to, at the end of the day, it's more about how you can depend on yourself and not mm-hmm. the outer world, like you know. That's so good.
0: Yeah, I really like that. <laughs> yeah. I always say, I always say to myself, um, mm-hmm. my own personal mantra is, "Save yourself or remain unsaved." Wow, that's a <laughs> yeah. And I feel like that has, you know, put things into a lot of, you know, put my life into perspective. And right. I guess because I've kind of never grown up around parents, so. Mm-hmm. I've kind of had to parent myself and take care of myself. And I've had to adopt responsibility from a very yeah. young age. So so that whole like childhood, you know, the, the fun play of, you know, I yeah. didn't get that when I was growing up. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, I, I would kind of push that aside because of my parents' divorce and my situation at home I just I just wanted to be like all the other children right um I wanted to have fun and not care about things Mm
1: -hmm. and
0: I would just put that to one side but can can spiritualism Mm. uh be, be become scientific is there like any science to kind of back up yeah spiritualism or no
1: yeah, so um, you know, uh, I would I would like to talk about um your childhood if that's all right. If not, like we could just jump ahead to the answer. No, no,
0: it's fine, it's fine. Yeah. You can.
1: Um, so you know, what do you feel like you know when you when you are when you were growing up, and what do you feel right now? Do you feel like there's been an impact of your childhood to your current self? Because I have a friend who has
0: gone through something similar, and I just wanted to know. I. I I don't know. At the moment, I'm just kind of in a phase. I'm kind of in that survival mode right. phase. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to get my uni work done, and you know, um, yeah, try and look for a for a job and all of those things. And right. because we were in a lo- we're in another lockdown in the right. UK. Right. Right. It, you know, it's it's quite difficult. But I think what I've done is I've yeah. basically boxed everything up and i've just put it put it to the side right i've not i've not really sat with myself and felt my trauma yeah um and i know eventually it's it's going to like unleash at a time Mm -hmm. when i shouldn't um be so expressive or so aggressive right so so i've kind of incorporated in the morning when i wake up to kind of to meditate deeply because i know that meditation itself isn't enough to heal you know deep-rooted trauma right I think there's a lot of um I guess I guess maybe therapy or talking to a professional which I can't do at the moment because of lockdown so maybe after that Mm -hmm. but I yeah I think most of us tend to pack it away and right you know and I know it's it's not good yeah um I think that whole um healing process which is what mm-hmm. I'm going to ask you now yeah do you feel that the healing process is is linear or is it not linear is it yeah it's it's a messed up curve to be completely honest because
1: um like you know for me I my dad passed away a couple of years ago and um I'm sorry to that, hear that um yeah no, it's okay like as I said like it's just a part of life but um you know, when it happened, I was like, you know, why did this happen? And like, I was so messed up in that um, time. And as you said, I boxed it up, shoved it deep inside my mind and forgot all about it. But then, you know, there was this random breakdowns. There was this um, moments where mm-hmm. I was just feeling shattered. Yeah. And, uh, you know, and I feel like that has happened to a lot of us, especially people who have overcome trauma. But... I, you know, after a point of time, I realized that, as you did, that, you know, it might unleash at a time when it was not supposed to, so, yeah. you know, I tried to meditate, I decided to look within myself, I decided to calm myself, and I decided to communicate, like, you know, I spoke with myself, I spoke with what was hurting, because I knew that death was a part of life, like, yeah. you know um that's something and the thing is you know when something like this happens a lot of people come up to you and they're like yeah death is a part of life and things like that and you're just like oh, i don't care like you know <laughs> all this uh, don't don't share all this nonsense stuff with me because you're just like i don't you know i don't give a damn and yeah. uh, you you start to push away all these things like you are aware of it but you're not accepting of it and uh What I had to do during this time was to, when I communicated with myself, I had to acknowledge that death existed. I had Mm -hmm. to accept that it existed. And they are two completely different things. Acknowledging it is that, okay, death exists. And it can just stop at that. So you are aware that death exists, but you you, you don't go ahead and you accept it. You just acknowledge it. But if you just acknowledge it and not accept it, it just leads to more anger and hatred because you're like, yeah, I know it exists, but why did it have to happen to someone that I loved? Hmm. And then once you acknowledge it, you accept it. You accept that it's a part of life. You accept that it's a part of the journey and, you know, you can't do anything about it. You can try your level best to do something about it, but at the end of the day, if you can't stop it, then... You just have to go with the flow. Yeah. You have to understand it and accept it. And so, yeah. while I was communicating, acknowledging, accepting, and um, finally, you know, understanding the concept behind it, I think I healed a lot. It was like uh, something quieted down, you know, like that angry child inside me was was always yelling for... All this, you know, to go away, all this pain to go away, it quieted down because it acknowledged and accepted the trauma, it acknowledged and accepted the part of
0: life. So, yeah. Yeah, I, th- I think um, a lot of us have a a lot of us have a lot of um, I guess difficulties in accepting yeah. our mortality, to yeah. that we're all gonna die. I think. Mm-hmm. Um, one of my favorite quotes is i'm not sure who it's by but it Mm -hmm. basically translates to remember that one day you will die yeah and it's kind of one of my mantras and i I think that just puts a lot of things um into perspective but um we're kind of we're going to wrap up the podcast and um, I would like to ask you three key key questions. Uh That's all right. Right. So what's the title of the current chapter you're on Um, in your life? Of course. Okay. So
1: I think it would be healing and accepting myself and others
0: that's beautiful yeah i really like the sound of that yeah yeah it's Um, more skeptical but (laughs) no i don't think it's skeptical i think i think it's like it's quite similar to where i am i guess in life um i'm sort of in this just pure acceptance or trying to at least accept my situation Mm -hmm. um the second question is what what inspires you the most my family I love those,
1: yeah, like um, so you know, my family, my mum, my dad, my brother, um, all these three people played a monumental role and continue to play a monumental role in my life, and I feel like I exist for them because I feel like my purpose, <laughs> yeah, my purpose um revolves around them because you know, like. Even today, like, you know, there was this phase where I was just disturbed and I was like, oh, I don't know what to do in life. And, you know, you have those days, like, even when you have it completely figured out, you're just like, oh, I don't know, man. Like, you know, it's so messed up up and things like that. And then, you know, mom sits next to me and she talks and that feels, that feels like a warm hug, you know, and yeah, yeah, like, I feel inspired by my family and I feel like doing things that will inspire
0: them. Mm. So, yeah. <laughs> that's, that's really good. Um, so the third question is quite simple. Um, how can people become more spiritual? I think
1: um, they can become more spiritual by communicating with themselves because
0: mm-hmm.
1: communication is key to any relationship and it is yeah. uh, is the same when it is a relationship with yourself. So, I feel like when you start to communicate with yourself, you start to become aware about, you know, the power that you hold within yourself. You start to become aware about the life that you have. You start to become aware of the universe. And uh, in that awareness, spirituality exists. So,
0: thank you thank you so much for being on today's podcast i know you can't see my face
1: (laughs) (laughs) it's all right i still have the photo on there and um thank you so much for having me because this was such an amazing conversation and i'm so glad that we decided to do something like this
0: um do you know uh where people can find you so how can people find you website um, yeah so i don't have a
1: website but i do have my instagram uh and that's at the rate madhrima m-a-d-h-o-r-i-m-a underscore Mm -hmm. soul soul coach and um, people can find me there and then they can find my podcast there as well like you know I have like a lot of links for the podcast which is called Mm -hmm. the soul conquest and yeah people can find me there as well
0: okay alright then thank you so much for taking the time out
1: yeah for sure I, I genuinely enjoyed this conversation thank you so much for
0: having me I'm Savage Sonia, and you've been listening to The Savage Sonia Show. Please like the segment on Instagram. If you liked the podcast episode, please tag me on Instagram at Sonia underscore and on Twitter at Savage savagesonia1. Finally, if you haven't already, please head over to Apple Podcast and subscribe, rate, and review this podcast. Until then, why be average when you can be savage? Thank you for listening.